Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on the day before New Year's Eve. I'm Andy Eubank. Welcome on the 30th of December 2022. The Hat Podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says rain in the forecast. What about temperatures? His report is on the way. We have an As I See It commentary with Gary Truitt as we make it through yet another year. Also, Poet is poised for growth with the Cloverdale facility reopening in 2023. And a preview of the newest Hat Soil Health podcast, this is the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> To agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Weather resources for the farm and poets' plans for growth. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Well, what's the weather look like? It's more than just small talk for farmers. Farmers are excellent keepers of climate and weather data because their whole industry relies on the weather. And that's Austin Pearson, climatologist with the Midwestern Regional Climate Center, or MRCC, based at Purdue University. My father-in-law grew up on a farm and, you know, there's times where I'll sit here and, and talk with him and he'll remember stuff that happened in 82. In the latest Hat Soil Health podcast found now at HoosierAgToday.com, Pearson talks with Hans Schmitz, lead agronomist for the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, about the resources you can use for making decisions related to precipitation, drought, and more in the coming year, with one of those resources being the MRCC. We look at climate data and then try to help people make informed decisions. Um, and we primarily focus on agriculture and water resources. Pearson and Schmitz also discuss the effects of recent weather events and the impact that more days of extreme precipitation have had on Indiana. We've had several instances where we've had you know, 10 inch plus rains in short periods of time, massive flooding events, loss of life, especially in southeast Indiana, um, where floodwaters practically came up overnight and swept a home away. You know, just tragic stories that you hear after that. And throughout the conversations, Schmitz provides insight into actions you can take for greater climate resilience for your farm. The one thing that you would not want to do is nothing because we're going to keep seeing droughty conditions and torrential downpours. Again, the full conversation is on the Hatch Soil Health podcast, available now wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Hoosier Ag Today. An additional bioethanol facility is scheduled to be back up and running in 2023 here in the Hoosier State. C.J. Miller reports on Poet's plans for the next 12 months 
and beyond. We see tremendous potential in the future. We are positioning ourselves for growth. And that's Doug Bervin, Vice President of Corporate Affairs with Poet. The company has four bioethanol facilities in Indiana, in Shelbyville, Portland, Alexandria, and North Manchester. Later this year, Poet says it plans to reopen its fifth facility in Cloverdale in Putnam County. We're very excited about that announcement. We're going to produce somewhere in the 100 million gallon range, and that's going to mean millions of bushels of demand for farmers in the area who who deeply need that. You need to have growing markets for ever-increasing yields. Yields have been going up, up, up for years and years, and that's going to continue. We need to grow the biofuels market to soak up that surplus grain to offer a margin for farmers in the area. Bourbon says that Poet's long-term plans would create a win-win across the board for farmers, Indiana's ag economy, and consumers. We provide 10% of the nation's fuel supply. We want to go to 15%, and we can do that with excess capacity that we have today. Part of the reason that we're bringing Cloverdale on is we're increasing the blend rate of bioethanol in the fuel supply. That's going to lower the price at the pump. That's going to offer more markets for farmers all over the country and, frankly, all around the world. Most of all, Bourbon says the biofuel industry proves how important the ag industry has become in solving many of the world's problems. Farmers are going to be asked to produce more food, more feed, more fiber, more fuel, more energy in general. I think that's really important for farmers to realize the world is depending on farmers more and more, and the farmers are getting more and more respect. I think that's really good, and biofuels are going to play a major role in that. Poet is hiring now for several positions to reopen the Cloverdale facility. You can apply online at poet.com. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Who's your ag today? Indiana's Farm Network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. On the Hat Morning Podcast, this is As I See It. With Who's Your Ag Today's Gary Truitt. Morning, what you're about to hear may be edgy and not suitable for the kids. Well, we made it through 2022. For most of us, we got a crop planted, we got a crop harvested, we figured out how to do all this with skyrocketing fertilizer prices, shortages of critical crop inputs, and we did it all with the shortage of new equipment or even parts for the old stuff to keep it running. We managed through a war in Ukraine that disrupted markets and played havoc with world grain supplies, and to say nothing of oil prices. Then there were the gasoline and diesel prices, as unpredictable as the weather, which, again, had a few tricks for us this year as well. But this is farming, after all. Something our consumers don't understand, as they complained about higher food costs and supply shortages, most of which had nothing to do with agriculture. The media, of course, jumped in, stirring up lots of food fears and spreading misinformation about climate change and the impact that agriculture has on our environment. So as a whole, it really was a pretty typical year. What's ahead for 2023? 
Well, as I see it, we will have some new players in Indiana agriculture, a new ISDA director to be named, and perhaps a new dean of the ag school at Purdue. And the governor's race will start to heat up. We may get a few more hats in the ring. Speaking of hat, here at Hoosier Ag today, we added some new members to our team in 2022. C.J. Miller, Elise Koning, and Molly Nichols, they made a big impact on our team this year and will continue to make a big impact in 2023. In Washington, they'll finally get serious about writing a farm bill, and there will be a whole lot of new players sitting around that farm bill table, so it will be something to keep an eye on. We also have the Supreme Court scheduled to make a ruling in the first quarter of the new year that will have a big impact on the U.S. livestock industry and food prices and availability. Watch for that. Thanks for listening in 2022, and stay with us because who knows what 2023 has in store for us, but whatever it is, Hoosier Ag Today will be here to bring it to you. That's how I see it. I'm Gary Trey. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. You're going to need the umbrellas here today as we see moisture spreading from southwest to northeast across the Hoosier State. This rain continues through the day today, through tonight, and it will go through the first half of tomorrow, winding down by noon or shortly thereafter on your Saturday. All told, quarter to three-quarter inch rains generally across the state, and I will not rule out some one-inch totals or maybe a slightly higher amount in a few localized places. This is going to be a slow and relatively steady rain. Remember, it's also coming down on surfaces that may not be completely thawed, particularly in central and northern Indiana. That cold air blast last week gave us some frozen ground conditions. So what I'm saying is it could be kind of sloppy, standing water in certain places, and definitely greasy from the warmer air coming in here and trying to melt things over the past few days. We do go precipitation free from later tomorrow afternoon, Saturday afternoon, right on through Sunday and Monday. And we do it with a fairly nice surge in temperatures again, well above normal temperatures right on through Monday. So that is going to be the observed holiday. New Year's Day falling on Sunday, the observed holiday on Monday the 2nd. This is the last nice weather that we see though for a good chunk of time because there is a monster storm system brewing out to the west in the central plains for Monday. That throws cloud cover in here late Monday night and rain starts close to midnight continuing through Tuesday the 3rd finally done by midnight uh, Tuesday into early Wednesday morning. Right now, I'm looking at rain and the potential for some thunderstorms. Anywhere from a quarter to one inch of rain out of that coverage at 100%. We don't cool down right away behind this. I think we stay mild into early Wednesday morning and then slowly but surely see temperatures fall off. That may yield a little bit of sloppy wet snowflake action late Wednesday afternoon evening for most of the state, either flurries or a quick coating to an inch of wet snow potential there. And then Canadian high pressure wants to settle in right on top of us for Thursday and Friday of next week. That is a colder air mass underneath that high pressure dome. However, models then get a little squirrely as we try and finish out the 10-day forecast window for Friday the 6th, Saturday the 7th, and Sunday the 8th. 
we're not looking at a huge Arctic surge, but we're also not necessarily seeing temperatures moderate a lot either. We're looking at a warm air versus cold air battle. It plays out more in the plains than it does here, but I think we feel the effects. So I'm going to say near normal temperatures, no precipitation for that Friday, Saturday, Sunday time frame. But we're also looking at a system trying to come together, I think, farther west in the Intermountain West, the Rockies, and that may try and kick out towards us later on during midweek that week of the 9th. So stay tuned for that. A lot of uncertainty out there in the 10 to 15 day range. Even 8 to 15 day range is a little bit squirrely now. So we'll have to kind of see what that system next week really wants to usher in, whether it's another round of cold air or whether we just chop around a bit. That's the way our forecast is stacking up. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Front month corn down and soybeans on the plus side, quiet markets both. This is Hoosier Ag Today. It's the Thursday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank, and the review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. The year is ending, but savings aren't. Save 9% until January 10 and bundle seed and herbicide to save more. SeedGeneticsDirect.com. Mike Silver joined me at the end of Thursday Trade to review what happened. We have settlements coming up. First, Mike's comments. Mike, quiet and mixed markets for the most part on Thursday, although the wheat market, some solid selling in that market. But overhead resistance was talked about on Wednesday. Looks like we did come up against that on Thursday as the markets uh, couldn't move higher, even with a substantially weaker dollar index. You know, that's right on, Andy. These markets have performed uh, really pretty well in these uh, shortened weeks of holiday trade. A lot of traders absent from the market, not a lot of fresh news, but we have seen some, I'm going to call it some pretty nice price appreciation up until today. And and actually, we've not given a lot of it back today. A um, little bit of red on the quote board today, more than I'd like to see, obviously. But from a relative standpoint, uh, prices are still hanging in there pretty well. Um, there is not much fresh news today. There were no flash export sales released today in the daily system and the weekly export sales report because of the holiday Monday celebration of the holiday Monday. Um, we'll get the export sales numbers tomorrow, and we're not really expecting fantastic numbers out of that report. And of course, tomorrow being Friday will be the last trading day of 2022. Um, markets will be closed Monday to observe the New Year's holiday. Uh, and then we'll resume trade Tuesday morning, old style at 9.30 a.m., uh, just the way we did uh, after the Christmas holiday this week. So we don't expect a lot of action, uh, the balance of today or really tomorrow. Uh, it would be nice if we'd see some flash export sales and, and some better than expected weekly export sales numbers, but uh, I'm not holding out a lot of hope for that. But but I think come the end of trade tomorrow, we, we will be satisfied with where we end the last trading session of the year. So pretty quiet day to day, Andy, not a lot going on in terms of anything really. Uh, fundamentals in the grain markets have really not changed all that much. Obviously, uh, about in the first quarter of this year, we did the acreage dance, trying to determine how many acres of corn and soybeans we were going to plant. And basically, the price of the commodities was suggesting to every country in the world that 
that could plant as many acres as they could to do just that in corn and soybeans. So we we uh, came in with, with an acres mix that the market, um, well, we've dealt with it all year long. Uh, we were down in corn acres. We were up in soybean acres. And then we faced the challenge of um, in February of the Russians invading the Ukraine. And boy, that set into action some furious price action uh, to the upside, really, as the world was concerned as to how those grains, corn and wheat, especially from the Ukraine, were going to get into the world market. And it certainly has been a challenge. Uh, we were hopeful that the U.S. would be able to pick up some of that market share from the wheat market and, and uh, the corn market as a result of that war in the Ukraine. And certainly uh, uh, those expectations were not fully met. Um, Russia and the Ukraine did come to an agreement brokered by Turkey and the United Nations that we have seen some export sales and export shipments out of those Ukrainian ports, but not nearly uh, what the world was hoping for. And certainly we did not get here in the United States the share that we were hoping for. And and that continues. Um, that's, that's a sad, sad situation still over in the Ukraine. And when that war will end, no one knows. Putin has been making some remarks here of late that, that he's receptive some, to some talks to end the war, but still the missiles continue to rain over both those countries. And that's not really conducive to war ending anytime soon, but, but hopefully it will. Uh, and then after we faced that initial announcement and declaration of war there and in the ongoing war, uh, we approached our planting season here in certain parts of the U S had some challenges with some, Oh, not, not a quick start to the planting season, but we got the crops planted and then early in the summer due to the extreme heat and moisture, um, lack of moisture in many parts of the country, we started to get concerned about uh, how how big our crops were going to be, what our production was going to be. And, and thank goodness, uh, Andy, it ended up better than we thought it was going to be um, in terms of yields across the country. Now, there were, there were areas that had some pretty severe yield losses, especially in the, in the western corn belt, um, yields not as good as they traditionally are. But certainly here in Indiana, uh, we fared better than we thought we were going to. And, and prices have remained at, at still uh, pretty good levels. Uh, then we moved into the harvest season, and it was go, 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 as far as harvest was concerned here in Indiana. And for that matter, in, in most of the, of the uh, grain-producing regions of the United States. And um, we, we completed harvest uh, in really timely fashion we got some um, concerns about uh, potentials for railroad strikes uh, in the summer that kind of messed up logistics um, we couldn't get grain moving as fast as we would like to have in terms of rail transportation and of course the lack of the depth and water depth in the Mississippi River presented challenges in getting grain down the Mississippi to the export markets and also 
presented challenges and still presents some challenges in giving in getting inputs uh, fertilizers chemicals and so forth uh, needed for the crop that's going to go into the ground this spring uh, to get upriver and and we still face many of those challenges so all in all Andy uh, it's been an extremely Volatile year. Every year is different, and certainly this one was different. Mike Silver there at Kokomo Grain, and Mike's phone number is 800-666-0613. Towards the end of his comments, Mike was reflecting on 2022, and coming up early next week, we'll have Mike back on taking a look ahead at 2023. Now the Thursday settlements down just a couple in the corn market. March corn, six seventy nine and a half, down three and a quarter, two and a half cents lower. May contract at six seventy nine. July goes to six seventy two and three quarters, down two cents. Up two and a quarter for January soybeans, fifteen oh eight and three quarters. March up two cents even, fifteen sixteen and a quarter. And after a strong Wednesday, the wheat market retreats. March seven seventy four off eleven and a half cents. February live cattle, a dollar and a nickel pickup going up to 158.85. February lean hogs, 88.67, down $2.12. That's a look at the Thursday markets. I'm Andy Eubank. This is Who's Your Ag Today? Timely, relevant, credible.